0: Uh, are you guys looking in the Discord channel at this photo of a computer that I posted? Um, Is
1: that
2: your computer?
0: That's my computer. It looks like
2: a melted doom eternal desktop background.
0: Yeah, it's like the, uh, the imps jumped out, started launching fireballs. I don't know what's the most shocking part of this image and I won't include this image as the, uh, thumbnail. So you can check it out on our website, jumpcrash.com if you want to see it. But, uh, it is a photo of a desktop computer that uh, someone was, I guess, playing Doom Eternal on or had a Doom Eternal wallpaper on. And at some point, the keyboard, the monitor, and other elements caught fire, and then they doused it to put the fire out. So it's a half charred desktop setup with a bunch of water on a table and a Doom Eternal uh, screen. And uh, I think the most shocking, I'm, I'm not sure, okay, there's two possibilities for the most shocking. Either the Absolutely bananas, cable management, lack of cable management that's going on, or this yeah. uh, Microsoft mouse with a rubber cable. Like, what is going on here, people?
2: Yeah. You think that they were just so frustrated playing it that they just burnt their computer? Yeah, I think they that they they, bur- like, they sabotaged their own game. thing.
0: They're like, how can I play a game <laughs> with a fucking Microsoft mouse from like 2005? Uh, it is, it is a, also that cable management is just like, I'm not an expert cable manager, but that is, it looks like there's a spaghetti monster behind the monitor.
1: Yeah. Uh,
3: I think they were just playing the swimming levels of Doom Eternal. They're like, why yeah. are there swimming levels in this game and then their hair caught fire because they were so angry? Yep. Yeah, or I hope exactly. I mean I
0: happened. hope nobody was injured, but it is uh it is a comical scene. Um Doom Eternal. Uh did you guys play this Doom Eternal DLC that came out the other day? I did. What do you do you, do you want to talk about that?
2: Uh sure. I could talk about it. Let's talk a little um, bit about that.
0: I haven't tried it yet. I need to try it. But I hear it's very So better I watched the, the trailer, which me. I didn't mm-hmm. like.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, but we all know I, I have problems with the storytelling of this game. <laughs> it's right. And trailers can be. A bit much. Like, yeah, one directional. Um, but it also just is not Doom. Doom has never been a game about armies of fantasy monsters fighting each other. It's been about one guy killing everything in a horror sense or in a. I'm a badass sense. Um, sure. But. Uh, The game so far, what I've played, seems less frustrating than the first expansion, which I think is just Mm -hmm. badly designed, personally. It's just frustrating. Yeah, It's just like a frustration simulator, in my opinion. I still find the game very frustrating, and I I think that I ultimately probably don't love Doom Eternal, Mm -hmm. really, as much as I would like to. But um, I think they've added some more mechanics to it. Uh, Right. So one of them is there's these new imps that are made of rock and you can only kill them with one weapon which is the full auto shotgun mod so it seems like what oh. they've done with the two expansions is they said hey there's these two unused crappy abilities that we have in the game that we poorly designed which is mm-hmm. the full auto shotgun mod and the microwave beam like we're gonna make you use it you're totally right you actually to that is yeah. probably
0: exactly what Hugo Martin was thinking he's like nobody uses these yeah. uh, let's so we're gonna make them. you use
2: it Hmm. so uh not a fan of that design at all. I think that philosophy is the wrong approach personally. Fix your oh, broken absolutely. shit. Fix your broken shit. Don't don't make us use crappy broken shit.
0: Yeah.
3: Or just or just don't force people to use mechanics, you know? Like yeah. like what I what I love about Doom 2016 is that there's a certain freedom to how you can play that game, but then you'll be playing Doom Eternal and you'll be hitting those highs and it's great and then a marauder shows up. And it's mm-hmm. like, ah, great. Now I have to I have to use my super shotgun now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: There's definitely. Is more li- it's I think it's more linear design. I think it is. Aaron and I yeah. have talked about this. We right. had a disagreement, but I think we can agree it's ultimately more lim- linear game design than 2016. Right? Yeah. It's, it's just rigid and,
0: it's, and it how it requires you to play, which, yeah, I guess it's ostensibly the same thing. Um, yeah. It does. It, there's less freedom in certain encounters. I do think that it does, I don't know, it's still a great shooter, but yeah, I, I could definitely see why people don't like it. Like the, the group of people that are like, I love 2016 and this game didn't work for me, I get. I still think it's, uh, for me, pretty great. Except I, they, that previous expansion I did not love, which is why I'm a little hesitant to jump into this one. I, I liked the first level, but I felt once you got to the second level, it had this boss fight where you had to do exactly, you had to execute exact moves in a really annoying order and it just was like probably the least fun moment of doom i've ever played it was yeah. like the worst it was like the worst moment in doom history almost mm-hmm. and then the second level was so started off so bad sorry the third level started off so badly that i just didn't even want to progress any further yeah but uh I, yeah
3: i wonder what it says about me that um i liked doom eternal a lot when i was playing it um like i think it occupied about two weeks of my time back in back when it came out it was all i played yeah. but i just have no desire to play any of the dlc it's just not at all interested i'm just like as, as kevin said i watched the trailer and i'm like this sucks yeah. i just hate all of yeah. this this is like a really bad paul ws anderson movie just don't want to i just don't totally. want to play it you know um, <laughs> what's
2: what's interesting i was thinking about this just past days i i do think the campaign is is pretty good in that game like i do fondly think of i think it had some really bad moments like the swimming the slow moving purple acid stuff um yeah. some of the the stupid marauder fights i think are dumb even though i think the marauder was a fun enemy to fight mm-hmm. um and i think like i i still do like want to give them credit for trying something different with this game even though i hate the direction honestly like i really do i don't know how else to to say it like i really can't stand it because i i it frustrates me because i feel like it's such a missed opportunity when i play this game ultimately Mm. but i do fondly think of some of the campaign moments like um so a lot of the hell on earth levels in particular felt pretty cool like i think that they got that tone right yeah um when it's not overly story and cutscene heavy so but but what i want to say to that was in response to oran the dlcs are everything you don't like in like 10 times stronger like it's more more marauders faster marauders no. two marauders, two marauders uh, more stuff. more linear gameplay more annoying mechanics you have to deal with like everything is that you don't like is amplified so don't play them if you. i kind of like you, the two like
0: marauders it. though like that was like by the time i was able to beat the two marauders i was like oh i understand how to fuck a marauder up now like i i have this it was like it was like a test you know it's like i appreciate that sometimes in a game where they're like look you've been doing this a variety of different ways like dark souls does this all the time Sekiro does this like here's a test have you been learning what we've been teaching you like pass this test or fail this test and that's kind of how i feel about the marauders ultimately uh and i've gone back and forth in my feelings about them but like fighting the two marauders was was a good fight like i really enjoyed that
2: yeah i think it was easy actually
0: <laughs> yeah they might have Weirdly. dialed it down a little bit honestly i'm not yeah. sure or maybe just the, the environment they gave you was was like not Ideal for the marauders, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't that hard, but it was definitely a challenge, and I felt a, a big
2: sense of accomplishment once I beat the two marauders. Like holy shit, two marauders, you know? You know what's interesting about Doom Eternal? I was thinking about this as well as um, on this topic, it's not just Doom Eternal, but like um, I do feel like some of it is like. Um, unfun busy work. It's like you're working up to the point of where you can kill the larger monsters. Like it's all about like farming resources to kill from the little guys so you can kill the big guys. And it's kind of more about how good are you at sure. that than anything else. Like that's really what Doom Eternal is. Like how good are you at farming resources from the little guys so you can use your big guns against the big guys, right? Get the ammo and all that stuff.
0: Um, um, I don't know if I agree with that assessment, but I'll let you that have is
2: it. what the game is fundamentally. It is definitely is that.
0: farming the little guys to fight the big guys. I mean, because yeah. the, the little guys pop everything. infinitely. They do. But that's no, that's no, the that do. is
2: the progression of a Doom Eternal fight is you mm-hmm. are consistently chainsawing little guys, killing them for armor, health, whatever, so yeah. you can defeat the bigger guys. who you can't defeat quickly with 3D means. You don't have usually the resources, the ammo or whatever, to defeat them quickly. So you need to yeah. fight the little guys so you can get the resources to fight the bigger guys,
0: right? Well, it's about resource management. I mean, I guess that seems like a strange way to. I don't want to get too in the weeds about Doom Eternal because I just want to talk a little bit about the DLC. But um, yeah, I don't know. Right. If, I, I guess I don't know. That's 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 an interesting way to phrase it, I guess.
3: I just want to close this conversation saying that I would love to see a Doom game that just takes Doom twenty sixteen, but puts in the double dash and the super shotgun of Eternal. Mm. To me, that would be the dream Doom
2: game. It's pretty much Proteus, right? Proteus doesn't have a dash. That's what I was hoping Eternal would be, but it sadly wasn't. Like, don't you think Proteus? Because that that's
3: super. But but does Proteus have that super shotgun? The super shotgun of no, Doom Eternal doesn't. is no. incredible.
0: That's not doesn't have a it dash. It feels either. so good to use. Ultra yeah. Kill has the double dash. Um, is that the name of that game? It's that yeah. arena shooter. There are a few games that definitely take pieces of 2016 and and, and with a little bit of Eternal. Um, they're all indie games with low-fi graphics and less story presentation. But there's definitely some games working in that mold. That are they're all in early access, so we'll see where they go. Uh, I guess. Sure. Speaking of early access, uh, I've been playing Valheim. I haven't played a ton of it, but I've played a little, and I will continue to check in. And so far, my feelings about it are, are pretty strong. Like I haven't tried it. The main way people are playing it is cooperative multiplayer, maybe even PvP multiplayer. I'm not sure. I've only played it single player, but like the the setting is this sort of um, Nordic. Like in between world, where you're sort of in between the real world and Valhalla, and you're trying to make it to Valhalla, I think something like that. So you're 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 in a world where there's not like towns and cities, uh, but it it really it reminds me of some kind of mix of like Oblivion. Like there's a heavy Oblivion vibe there, and I don't know if it's sort of just the visual style and the sound design a little bit, just kind of reminds of it, and just the sense of exploration. And then like people say Terraria, which I haven't played as nearly as much. Like Minecraft Lite, like you're not mining, but you are punching trees uh, to start off, and you are building stuff. So it's got some of that building and that survival mechanics. But the survival mechanics are in a way that are more helpful than hindering. Um, right. More of a hindrance. That's what I've
2: read. You don't have to eat and drink, right?
0: You 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 don't have to. You can right. like you're not going to starve to death or freeze to death. But you just you need to manage these things. But like like there was an article about Stalker and how Stalker solved the the issues of survival games, like literally you know now 15 years ago. Because instead of, instead of having you suffer for not managing these things, it just like, you, like Stalker allowed you to use the environment to like, aid you rather than hinder you. So this game is a right. similar kind of idea, uh, but it has a really unique graphical style where like, the textures look very much like a, like a PlayStation 1 or early PC game with a sort of unfiltered, pixelated, chunky look. The character models and the world design are a little more 360-ish, and there's a lot of this sort of like hot highlights and uh, bloom that remind me a hell of a lot of, of 360 games. And then it's got this really intense um volumetric lighting that that, you know, like with like shadows and like clouds and 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 smoke and stuff. So it looks it's kind of a weird looking game, but it, it works really well. I recommend turning off the uh the depth of field. I think the depth of field effect is really cheesy. But once you turn that off, it, it, it starts to look good. I like. I hate games where they use the depth of field effect, where when you're looking forward, it's like out of focus. Because like the way your eyes work is, if you're looking at something, it's never going to be out of focus, right? What,
2: what about Dark Souls?
0: One. Yeah, I I turned. I played Dark Souls with that off. I hate Dark Dude, Souls. Dude, I love that. that effect. It uh, Makes it just, look
2: like such a weird dream world.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I don't know. I played it the first time through with that turned off, with the Durante mod. You can. Turn, oh, so I think the Durante mod cranks that up to like a ridiculous amount um
2: <clears throat> that could be
0: but uh but remastered yeah, had that anyways yeah i think it's a lot more mild in remastered um it, it, it's less noticeable like in this it's like literally 30 feet in front of you or it's just like like i'm blind <laughs> like, mm. like okay that's uh that's a little too intense um and also it's very heavy on performance so it's worth turning off this is a, a unity engine game so it doesn't like Run at thousands of frames per second.
2: Yeah, spreads. I was going to ask you how it yeah. runs, because every every time I play any early access survival game, they run like shit.
0: And it's Unity. So, uh, it runs all right. I, I get 60 frames per second.
2: Okay, it's that's fun. all I want. That's all yeah. I care about. If you get 60, yeah. I can handle it.
0: Yeah, and it, it looks cool. It has really good music. Uh, it's procedurally generated world, but it doesn't feel yet uh, random. It's worth noting that it has kind of a Dark Souls-y combat, and it has big epic boss battles, which I haven't done any of them yet, but I've seen some of them, and they look really intense and fun. Um, cool so. Is it,
2: does it do the does it do the hangout thing where you can kind of hang out like in a space like a virtual space where you can not be fighting things or just kind of like do something well, and-
0: so you, I mean I, I haven't done this but I would assume you could because it has you know like we could you and I could be playing with Orin. we all get together we go chop down some trees and we start building a hall and we're like well, let's build the hall this way and like build the roof and blah blah blah, blah. Um, very similar to how you might play Minecraft with some friends but like I said it's less you're not digging holes and mining into the earth or anything like that I see so it's it's kind of a middle ground between Oblivion and Minecraft. A lot of people say Terraria. Uh, I don't know.
2: They should play it cuz it sounds like throw, it's all games that I really like, so mm-hmm. Terraria. Yeah, but, no, I think you will definitely yeah. like it. Okay, so. cool. It sounds fun. I like the, the art style sounds cool too. That yeah. Cross- it has a
0: very cool art style.
2: generation mix.
0: Mhm. Uh so tell us about Record of Lodos
2: War, Kevin. Um that what is a metroidvania that was on uh, early access and mm. I think it's a Japanese developer but it's based on like an a, a, a manga series from the 80s um, so it has this kind of like 80s Dungeons and Dragons look to it which is pretty cool um, but it's basically Symphony of the Night <laughs> like okay. in a lot of ways it's very similar to Symphony of the Night um, but it's got some pretty cool new mechanics it's not just a straight rip off of Symphony of the Night like it's got, it's doing, you switch between these two different like elemental powers which allow you to like absorb magic from enemies or not So, like, if you have, like, fire mode on, you can walk through lava and, like, become, it actually heals you, essentially. Or heals your magic. So, um, that's kind of what I've been playing today and earlier in the week. Um, I finally, (coughs) excuse me, was able to kick my WoW addiction. So, Mm. I know we've been talking about WoW, and I feel free from those chains. Free from the shackles of... of, Free from uh, the shackles of, yeah. I kind of hate myself when I'm playing that game. So, I feel better.
0: All right, that's good.
3: Do you ever get like uh, like uh, desperate phone calls from World of Warcraft, like pleading you to come back? That's how it feels.
2: Yeah, it (laughs) it's like um, when I'm playing that game. I think the way that I play it, because I can't engage with it in a casual manner, is like I need to be. If I'm not playing it, I need to be like thinking about it, and when I can play it next. And then the whole time I'm playing it, I'm hating the time I'm playing it. (laughs) So it's just like this, like. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good yeah. reason not to play it. I think it's going to be not to play. I think for me, it doesn't work. Yeah, unfortunately. Even though I am sad that we can't play it anymore because I had fun when mm-hmm. we I had fun like ten, five, five to ten percent. It was very fun when we were playing together. That was that was good. Five to ten percent because I I spent so much time playing without you guys.
0: Oh well, yeah. I think that's uh, maybe twice that's, that's the trap. Uh, the time well,
2: with the crew was fun. Time without the crew miserable.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe Valheim will fill that niche. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, what else we got? We got Star Wars Squadrons, which is uh, not Tie Fighter, but you know it's as close as we're gonna get right now. What do you think, Orange?
3: Um, it's, uh, it's 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 kind of funny because I, I want to talk about this game in the context of not just Tie Fighter but Game Pass because mm-hmm. um, uh, it just came out on Game Pass, and I would have never played this game, but because of Game Pass, I was like, oh, I'm gonna just dip in and play it. And I totally just played it for forty-five minutes, and I was like, "This is not for me." But I'm so happy that Game Pass exists, mm-hmm. where I can just kind of jump in and play games. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not Tie Fighter. Um, it's it, it, it's cool. I mean, I think I think it's great that apparently the game is super short mm-hmm. and not super content heavy, because it kind of feels like that kind of game where yeah. you just kind of dip in for however long you want you kind of get a taste of it and you're like, wow, raiders are so cool. It's so fun to fly around in this thing. But that's as far as I got. I will, I will say that there were a couple of story things at the beginning that were kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Like there's literally this mission where you're sent to basically destroy refugee sh- ships and, right. uh, and then you get sabotaged by your own commander. Cause the commander says like after Alderaan got blown up, I can't let this happen again. I can't let the Imperials kill refugees. And I was like, oh, that's pretty nuanced for a Star Wars game. Mm -hmm. Like I, you don't really see discussions of like one uh, killing refugees or disenfranchising refugees in the context of Star Wars like that and how that's a moral problem of imperialism. But um, other than that, like you know, I was going around shooting X wings, and after I blew up a few of those, I was like, I think I got what I wanted from this game, <laughs> yeah. and I moved on. Yeah, uh, is that how you felt, Aaron?
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, I so Tie Fighter for me, and this is, this is where I come in with just too much baggage, is like a formative game. It, it's it's one of those games that like you know like changed how I think about video games as a kid uh so this was like not quite tie fighter but it was almost there and i kind of i felt like man like i I couldn't help but compare it to how it fell short of what i expected from a tie fighter game which i think you know is is a problem is my problem but it it hindered my enjoyment i did have a bit of fun i played it for like two hours it was really good looking game um when i played it there was some issues with the uh there were some technical problems, so so I, I had to deal with that, yeah, too. Yeah, those were but, bad. But, um, like, it's, you know, it seems like a fun game. I do think that, like, as you said, it is a testament to the fact that Game Pass, I can download a game, play it for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, an hour, six hours, and get out and not feel like I have to buy it. Like, I haven't, I have, here's a funny thing that happened to me. I, I got a gun skin in Counter-Strike Go that was worth, like, 180 bucks, and I sold it. And so I have, like, a bunch of money in my Steam wallet, For steam games because when you sell it it goes to your steam wallet and i literally haven't spent like hardly any of it except for when i bought valheim because i just have so many games that are available to me to play from like you know game pass and my backlog and all the free games that epic gives out and i'm just like i'm drowning in games i'm like i I don't even want to buy anything anymore like a steam sale is not (laughs) tantalizing
2: i really think that uh too many options is a major hindrance yeah it is as nice of a luxury as it is and amazing to have them like I mean it's such a weird thing to complain about having too many great games, but it is like, oh my god, what do I even play? It's like
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is kind of a real problem of service of services, honestly. Um, I think it's I think Game Pass is great to have options and to dip into stuff, but I find myself not committing at all to most games I play. Like I just played I literally dipped in and, and I played like perfect dark. Mm. for like 20 minutes and i was like this is awesome but i got my fill but uh, on the other hand i think it's great if uh you're just trying games out that you wouldn't normal normally play and Mm -hmm. like i played dragon dragon's quest 11 or like which which dragon quest are we on the latest one yeah yeah (laughs) i'm like i I think it's it's 11 but i can't remember um i played that like and i would never I, I wouldn't have bought that game honestly, but I played it for like thirty-ish hours, and I just kind of fell off of it. Off it, but I didn't feel guilty because I, that I fell off it because I was like I didn't I didn't pay for it. So yeah. I think it's I think Game Pass is great for that. Honestly, it totally, uh, Kevin, what do you think?
2: I agree. Um, I totally agree. I'm not. I don't say that to necessarily even just complain about Game Pass. It's also Steam. I have this problem with Steam. Mm-hmm. Like I never have Steam sales. Sure. Like, people are, like freak out over Steam sales, and I'm like. I already have like I already can't find the games I want to play in Steam like I yeah. like and it's such a I know it's, it sounds like such a silly thing to complain about it's like well buy those games maybe I should buy those games I've been trying to do that like only play the games I really want to play I, I took my Steam wish list down from 140 games to like 50 games like because I just am like am I ever going to actually play these games So I even care about them Yeah, probably not probably not
3: but I, I mean I just uh, oh I was just going to say that I have this problem just with Netflix in general, mm. like, and just watching movies. Yeah. I, fi- I find myself just watching the first 30 minutes of like five movies and I've wasted my afternoon because I can't commit to anything. It's like I but go to anyway. Netflix
2: or Amazon and I'll be like, oh, I want to watch something. And it's like, uh, you like kind of go through and look at a couple things things like, oh, I remember this. And like, you don't ever commit to watching anything. Right. Yeah. It's like is Netflix about I
0: hate it. navigating a screen and looking for things to watch, or is it about watching yeah. the actual things? Yeah. Uh, I do find though, that I will end up, despite this sort of you know, analysis paralysis or whatever. Like I will end up finding games that I want to play and playing through them. Um, it won't always be the games that I intend to. Sometimes I, I have difficulty playing the. But you know, shit finds its hooks and gets you know, you get going on it. So yeah,
1: yeah. I agree
0: uh what, do we, what else we got borderlands 3 see i mean this is this is what we're talking about right here like you you intend to play all these other games but you're just playing the shit out of borderlands 3 for some reason <laughs> uh it's kind
3: of funny because i've played through borderlands 3 already i played it when it came out and i really liked it when it came out and uh yeah, this go around I got to like chapter 18 and I think there's 24 chapters and then my brain literally just said you got your fill and I just stopped playing it. Mm. Like I like maybe this is just an age thing or that I just play too many video games but like the moment a game loses my interest these days I just kind of stop playing it like honestly i was really close to doing that with immortals phoenix rising Mm. as much as i love that game because the ending was like too long and i was like Mm. i think i'm just gonna stop playing this but i just saw it through because i really wanted to finish it but but yeah with borderlands 3 i did get to that point where i had this feeling of i got my fill and i just stopped playing it but i i like it it's a cool game the humor is terrible like like the sense of humor
2: of that game is oh, like yeah.
3: something. It's like out of twenty ten. Yeah, dude, it's like
2: it's like two thousand eleven YouTube humor, right?
3: Yeah, it's like ah, uh, these SJWs and their lattes. It's like it's so bad. It's just horrible. High quality stuff. You know, terrible. Hu- yeah, it's just terrible humor. But um, the gameplay loop is satisfying enough, and the guns feel good to the point where I and there's just enough variety where I kept going, and I probably played like 27 hours of it, thereabouts, but it, it it was good. Cool. Good game, good time waster, nothing more to say about it, but oh man, that humor is terrible. All it right, awful.
0: speaking of games we have nothing more to say about, you have 30 seconds for Hitman 3, go.
3: <laughs> I'm still playing it, it's been two months and I'm still playing it, and that's all I have to say. That, I'm just so ga- I'm just so glad that this game came out because I don't know what I would do with my life without it. Like that's that because there's just been no video games coming out. And Hitman Three, it's like came out at the perfect time to shine, and I'm still playing it.
0: You know that reminds me. I love it. There's a game that I have been playing that I should have put on our list. I pray. I, I was playing through a significant portion of play on my Xbox Series X. And I want to talk about, because I think one thing that we keep forgetting to mention when we talk about what makes our Xboxes so great is not only can they improve the frame rate, which is great, and they can improve the resolution, and they can do all this filtering and make the game look cleaner and sharper, the load times are Mm. dramatically reduced. Mm. Uh, If you play Prey on a PlayStation 4 or a, you know, Xbox one x or whatever you have like a one minute long load time between areas which if you've played that game you'll know that you were frequently kind of hopping from one end of the station to the other which yeah. will you'll incur multiple load times sometimes in a, a small stretch this game has like 10 second load times and that's true of basically every game right I, 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 is this true for you too warren like yeah like these load times yeah. are transformative to playing these games where before you would just You'd be sitting there staring at a load screen all the time for like one minute 90 seconds even um it's i I realize every time i listen to whatever i'm editing these podcasts oh we forget to mention the load times the load times are fucking huge it's such a big difference um that's a big deal and prey on game pass is really 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 nice it's it's everything's kind of tuned up like all the problems it had a really bad input lag issue before are fixed um and it just plays really well. It looks great. Um, The load times are snappy. And Prey, is is, is, I think I said this last time, is just a really good game that I think a lot of people missed out on because it had a lot of bad hype and it came out at a weird time and then it was like, it was weird. You know, the reviews were not kind and had just a ton of technical issues so like, check out Prey uh, on Game Pass.
3: Um, I I did play Prey um, back in 2019 I think and I really liked it when I played it. So I should probably replay it. Um I, I played through the campaign one time. I did have some reservations about how the game ends. Like I just thought the third act was just not well done, yeah. honestly. Yeah. But um but it seems like the game developers have acknowledged that. That it was that it was rushed. They did. From what I heard. Yeah. But um so- but yeah, the first two thirds of that game are pretty amazing. And I've I've heard from multiple people that It's the kind of game that you should play through at least twice because this your second playthrough, at least in terms of exploration, will unfold totally differently. Mm. Um, I don't know if you had that experience, Aaron.
0: Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm intentionally playing different mods and going in different directions. It's definitely a game that you can play many, many ways, so multiple playthroughs can really play out quite differently. Um, Yeah, in terms of the last... It's probably like the last quarter of the game. It definitely gets rough. Uh, It's a common trend with bethesda published games is that they rush that shit and like we yeah. saw this over and over with everything except for the doom games uh wolfenstein had the same problem just like obvious signs of not getting that extra bit of runway to complete the game that last bit of polish isn't applied to these bethesda published games
2: especially in that time period. yeah yeah like that like mid late teens 20 right dishonor
0: 2 had similar problems um Wolf 2. But like the wolfenstein yeah. new colossus is another perfect example of a game that's clearly not like if they had spent a little more time, that game would have gone from like good to just totally great. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like that's like, this is actually part of the reason why I prefer. And I know this isn't like accepted among like like I, this isn't accepted by everybody. But um, the the reason why I prefer New Order is because it feels like a complete story with a complete arc. Like yeah. I I was pl- I was playing New Colossus, and like the the moment the game started to end, I was like this it's ending now Mm. (laughs) you know i was like i was like shocked i thought the game was gonna go on for like four more hours but then it just ends Mm.
2: yeah so it it does kind of end suddenly it's true
3: yeah, because you're like fighting dudes, and then like all of a sudden there's like this television. You're in this television studio, and you broadcast your message to the world, and then it ends. And I was like, "Really bad song I too. feel like, I feel. I feel like there's like at least two or three more missions mm-hmm. that are just not here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I still, I still like New Colossus. I mean, New Colossus has like some incredible storytelling beats yep. that you don't really see in other games.
2: It's one of my favorite FPS games of all time.
0: Mm. One of my favorites. Yeah, it's it's so. a good game, but I, I think your opinion that the uh, new order is is the more complete game is not a uh, uncommon one. I've seen other yeah, I say
2: Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, the storytelling I think mm. in New class is probably overall better. Yeah, that's like yeah, one of the better stories better. I think I've ever seen. I mean, both of them are I think have good storytelling, but I definitely think New Colossus just doesn't have it. Doesn't have any holes. There's no weird points. It's just all in the
0: storytelling. Yeah, it's all. There is level design, but yeah, no, I agree.
2: I'm sorry, in uh, not New Colossus, um, New Order, New Order. Ah, New Order. What I mean. Sorry. Yeah, the first
3: one. Yeah, Uh, I I feel like New Order has like a really nice uh, arc for the main character, and it just feels like great from beginning to end. But at the same time, New Colossus has like these incredible highs that are just wild. like there are like four or five (laughs) moments. Yeah. There are like four or five or six moments in New Colossus where you're like, I cannot believe they're doing yeah. this, but this is awesome. Like, Holy shit, <laughs> man. Completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely play that
0: if you haven't. Uh, I guess that leads us into our topic of the week. Kevin, what is our topic this week?
2: Um, It is an article by TechRadar, which basically says Xbox Series S is the real threat to PS5. And they're kind of advocating that xbox series s may be the console of the of the gen
3: yeah i have i actually pulled a quote here that i'll just read really quickly because i like to read i guess but um it says whether you're a fan of exclusives or not there's no doubt that there's still the best way to sell consoles and entice gamers to change their allegiance to a piece of plastic and with bethesda games now on xbox and pc moving forward PlayStation owners suddenly have to deal with the prospect of games and series that they might have been excited for for no longer being available. And that in itself is a greater pull than Microsoft releasing another Force of Motorsport or Gears game. Now, I'm not saying that people will start trading in their PS5 consoles in mass, but what the Xbox Series S could become is the perfect companion console to Sony's machine. Much like how in every Xbox 360 and PS3 household you'd often find a Wii or a Wii the Xbox Series S has the potential to reach an audience that simply won't pay $499 for a box that does practically the same thing as the PS5 they already own so uh Kevin do you think that the Series S could be the perfect companion piece to Sony's machine
2: yes I think it also could be the perfect companion piece to anyone who doesn't even play, or just someone who doesn't play video games. Like it just seems like such a, it's like a quote hardcore console. It's not a Nintendo console, right? It's like it just plays high end games. You can play high end games with all the high end fancy stuff, ray tracing and 120 FPS, but it's 300 dollars. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. Game Pass doesn't you have to buy any cartridge. You don't have to buy anything, any discs.
0: It's also great for people like me who have uh, a gaming pc where they play most of their games but also have you know a tv that they invested in that's in another room and maybe they want to be able to play games in front of their tv and not have to bring a laptop out or run like a fucking 50 foot long hdmi cable with some co- convoluted solution to do that that's like, what i do it's an easy way <laughs> to get that those games on the tv and they're th- there's a huge supply because of game pass and uh you know it's very easy to set up Plays them well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, so you said something in our uh, pre-production show. Like, uh, what? What was your? What was your other thing that you said, Kevin? Who's the secret winner?
2: Oh, uh, my thought. The secret winner is the PC because <laughs> we get the PC. <laughs> <Right>. We, me, <laughs> uh, we, the, the PC gamers get uh, all the Sony last-gen games being ported to Steam. And well, and let's
0: not say that because we don't know that's true. But uh, it'll some happen. Of them. Mark, okay. mark my words.
2: All right. And yeah. uh, now Xbox first-party games. Second-party games, Microsoft games are all coming to PC as well, even on Steam as well. If you're Steam, if that's, what you, if that's what you want to play. Um, so I really feel like best of both worlds are coming, and then, of course, the emulation. You can play older Nintendo games. So it does seem like if you want to play the most number of... <laughs> I mean, that, that's been true. And you can
0: play every generation of games
2: on their PC yeah.
0: version. Like, I can play Bioshock. Yeah. But you know, I, can, yeah.
2: I, I think that, that this is an unprecedented moment right now where we're getting essentially two different console-exclusive Things formally on the on the PC like they, they get both, so yeah, that's really cool.
0: It it is. I I think that that's sadly um, balanced by the fact that it's like impossible to buy PC hardware right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's well. Like getting I mean, PC. good
2: luck getting an Xbox for PS5 as well. That's true. I yeah. So, I felt like
0: it was a little easier to get an Xbox because I me and Ornith got I, them. I, but I, I, yeah. I I got a
2: 6800 XT right. That's basically the AMD 3080. But right. I have not been able to get an Xbox that's Series true. X. Even though I've been trying to buy one for so, two months now. So, mm.
0: yeah. Um, but I think I think it's just like basically the way to think of it is just like a good time to play video games. Other than yes. the fact that there's it's difficult to get a hold of some of these uh, pieces of technology that'll give you the best experiences or the newest experiences. But like you're getting a good experience more or less anywhere, uh, and I think that that's awesome. I do think that there's a lot of value, as I was saying earlier, but in for people who people who need their Sony exclusives, but also want to have Game Pass, get a Series S. It'll it, it's a good, it's a definitely you know like you were saying earlier, it's a good partner to a PS Five, uh, it's a good partner to to you know to a PC in the other room. Um, it's just a good partner to like a TV, and it's so cheap that anybody can more or less afford it.
3: Yeah, I'm just gonna jump in really quickly because uh, for two reasons, one. Um, my, my high school teacher back in the day taught me that uh, citing is important. So I'm just going to say really quickly that this Tech Radar uh, editorial was written by, this, by, by Adam Vestika, which is a Croatian name, and I literally had to listen to the pronunciation while you guys were talking because I was like, I'm totally going to butcher this. <laughs> but anyway. Um, second of all, I have an Xbox Series S, and uh, as as listeners know, and I still really love it. I love how small it is. It gives me GameCube vibes. Mm-hmm. I didn't pay a whole lot for it. And I'm actually not inspired to get a PS5 mm. right now. And I'm a, I'm a big Sony fanboy. So that really kind of... Because I just don't think it's time to buy a PS5 yet. I really want them to, um, one, release more games, yeah. but to also iron out the design of that thing because mm. it's just like way too big yeah <laughs> that's another thing so i don't need a <laughs> grand piano mini. in my
0: entertainment center you know what i'm saying
3: yeah uh, i actually don't like the design of the original base ps4 mm. too yeah. and uh and, and they actually released a much better model mm. that was way quieter they like did. two or three years later so i think it i think it's actually beneficial to wait
0: yeah then,
3: um, uh, get a Series S instead. It's like the perfect early-gen console, yeah. Yeah. Um, in my opinion.
2: Uh, you know what's interesting about that note that I was mentioning about the PC games? I think Sony is doing that, uh, putting it on Steam, because they're making a large, a huge profit off of porting their games to the PC, which I think is really a smart move, because it does feel like exclusives in the, in the, in the digital world especially is, a loss of, is just a loss in a lot of ways, because uh, Capcom just reported that they have sold a million units since 2016 or 20, 2017 maybe, of Resident Evil 7. Every year it has sold a million units. So they have continued to make money on that game wow. every hmm. single year since it released. That's impressive. Is, and they did say, they that say that where? They, uh, globally, they said that. No, I mean, no, I mean that, like on what platforms? sorry, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure they didn't say that. Um, but they said that, that that would not have been a thing in the era of uh, physical medium only because you couldn't you know games would be made manufactured released and then they were done whereas yeah. now they exist forever they can always be bought and and you know
0: totally and i i, I mean that's one thing that like sold me on steam you know 12 mm-hmm. 14 years ago was just this idea that like oh like you know i don't need to play a game right now i don't need to feel this urgency to run down to GameStop stop and pre-order my game and wait in line and like you know, and I also don't feel limited by having a physical copy that I need to keep forever. Like, if I had to keep, if I could only play the physical copies of games that I bought, you know, ten years ago, I would. I don't know what would have happened to them. I've moved like six times in the last ten years, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. But all those games are in my Steam library, so that's nice. Uh, and I still own the games that I bought on Xbox in like 2007.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So that was <laughs> that was a nice surprise. So how long will it take Nintendo to realize this? They can start putting their games on their platform. Forty years. You think Uh, they'll ever realize this? You think they'll ever be like, oh, we could make our we have the most some of the most valuable IPs in the industry, if not the most valuable one, Super Mario. Yeah,
0: Zelda. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Nintendo's a strange nut. They operate so like by their own rules that it's really it's difficult to say. Yeah. Yeah. It
3: isn't like march 31st the day mario dies or something because they're getting rid of that super mario all-stars game from their digital store that is, is, a, is still, that a thing
2: like this just what, what are they are doing <laughs> thinking? they're taking off <laughs> so they, they have a, a collection of three remastered games on the switch like mario 64 um mario i can't the one with the, the janitor one that i hated on gamecube and <laughs> i can't remember the name of that game <laughs> and uh, and galaxy and they're taking them off of the store because they want it to be a limited time event. So you actually cannot right. buy the game digitally, I think. It's you know, like the Disney vault.
0: Are... Like Disney yeah. used to do that, they'd really be like, we have Fantasia and you can buy it on cassette, you know, it's like the 90s, for two years and then we're gonna put it in our vault until the end of the
2: millennium. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> if you that, had to guess, so off the top of your head, like what, what, what video game franchise has sold the most, what would you think it would be? The most, most number of copies sold.
3: Mario. Oh,
2: Grand Theft Auto. So, Grand Theft Auto has sold 30, 320 million copies. Yeah. Uh, Tetris has sold 495 copies. Uh, Call of Duty has sold 300 million copies. Number one, mario 680 million copies that is over twice across <laughs> like 40 games <laughs> i
3: was right in 40
2: years you know but dude that is huge yeah, mario yeah, of is, a is huge. Behemoth no, no of
3: yeah but part, part of that part of that revenue is because they just keep re-releasing the games <laughs> oh. and not you know you're well, not putting it on a virtual they package you
0: know. them with consoles so like every yeah. nes and super nes sale goes into that account yeah. Um but look at PUBG. PUBG is still like number 4 on that list.
3: Right right, but but my point is is that it's I I feel like some of that is manufactured because it's like like instead of having it on a virtual store right. like Xbox does, people are forced it's to buy it dip. over yeah. and over again. Yeah. No, totally.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Uh uh,
3: super Mario Sunshine fucking sucks. Let's just talk about that. that my game little brother's going to be so mad at you guys. Uh,
0: he's really like I hope don is not listening cuz he's just going to be
2: super pissed. <laughs> sorry, guys. Don.
3: And, and you know, you know what? Super Mario 64 also kind of sucks. No, that game is amazing. Like don't don't yeah. don't go back and play that game. I'm that sorry, Kevin, but no. it's just like not Shh, just kind like can podcast. we just accept Remove that it's this. not good anymore? <laughs>
0: I like 2D Marios. I, I, don't, I never got into 3D Marios. I think maybe like uh, 3D World looks kind of fun or um, what's the Wii one? Mario 64
2: Galaxy. is a very funky game. Yeah. Definitely. Uh,
3: I will say that Super Mario Galaxy, uh, I was actually watching my roommate play it for a little bit. Um, and I was, I can't believe the production of that game. Like they just have a full symphonic score that just accompanies the game and it just sounds and looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's uh. it's pretty neat.
2: It's actually I think the last Mario game composed by Koji Kondo and I could tell when I was playing I'm like this is Koji Kondo I can tell this is this is the real deal Mario composer because the other music ever from all the later games doesn't quite have his style but that game clearly does.
3: Yeah, I thought Odyssey actually, in terms of the music, was a step back. It is because because uh, Galaxy's score is just sublime yeah. while you're playing it. Yeah. Like it's like you're playing uh, Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Like it just has it just has that incredible thrust to the score that makes everything just seem kind of magical and cool. Yeah. So wait,
0: before we change topics, here's a question: Does this mean if I want to have that collection, I need to go on the and buy it now, or is it too late?
2: Yeah. Well, so physical and digital will both be pulled from all markets. They're going to pull
0: the physical copies that they already manufactured.
2: I don't know. Maybe you could get it from what? a reseller.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously you get it from a reseller, but it's going to be jacked up like, yeah. but that's, that's what they're saying is they're not even going to have. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
3: yeah. So, so Mario's dying. What's the name <laughs> of this? <laughs> Maybe I'll just <laughs> order
2: this right now. I don't even want do I mean, <laughs> do I don't really care? Or, Am I care? falling for you the hype? Ha- yeah. You don't even You're have right. a switch. Don't yeah. don't buy don't into their don't, shit. Fall. Yeah, don't fall
3: for their. don't thing. fall for for like consumer capitalism where you're like oh I have to buy everything because yeah. it's limited Speaking. yeah Nintendo don't is fall the king for of it Aaron shit too
2: of that limited supply <laughs> thing where they yeah. like make their stuff scarce artificial scarcity
0: Yep. Yeah. all right well get a get a series S or X or whatever works for you but uh, Xbox Game Pass is a pretty fucking awesome platform even if it gives you a little bit of uh, too many games to play. But it gives you a lot of good games.
3: Um, I actually, uh, just side note, I actually uh, decided to buy a few Microsoft stocks because I kind of, I don't want to seem like I'm like a cheerleader for Microsoft right now, but I kind of feel like they're going to blow up in in the same way. I did buy stock, so some like. Haven't they been blowing up? People know that's how much I'm like committed to Microsoft right now. I'm like, they're going to. They've been kicking ass since August. I feel like they're going to blow up in the same way Netflix blew up. Like, I I mean, like, uh, Microsoft is Microsoft, but I feel like they're going to just take over streaming over the next couple of years.
0: It's possible, yeah. Uh, They might,
1: yeah.
3: Uh, Because Sony isn't really competing with them, they just kind of offer a couple free games here and there. But they don't have like a full on service like Game Pass, and and of course uh, there's also news that like speculation that Microsoft's going to make another big purchase soon. Mm -hmm. Um, They're saying Discord. Yeah, so we will see. It seems uh, like it seems like they're going to just have this monopoly in in the same way that like Tesla had a monopoly on energy, but Mm. I could uh, energy energy cars, but I I could be wrong. Could be wrong. I still invested. Yeah. Anyway, Discord's
2: not profitable though, so maybe them being bought will allow them to stay alive. Yeah, but what are they? You need to sign into your fucking
0: Hotmail account to get on Discord. Like, I don't want that. Hotmail doesn't
2: exist. Yeah, that's true. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Hotmail's gone, man. (laughs) Hotmail's gone. I still have (laughs) Hotmail. It's not 1999 anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Your live account,
0: whatever this shit is. Like, I it's it still feels like '90s email. I look at that interface and I'm like, this is you guys need some dating. Yeah, it's ugly. for sure. Uh, let's get into recommendations. Uh, I will start. So let's say you're playing on a PC, right? And you're like, I got some stuff I got, you know, I got my death ad or whatever. Uh, and, you, and you're wondering, you know, eh, I, I could get better at shooting games, right? My recommendation for this week is to dial in your setup a little bit. So I'm not gonna recommend specific products, because I think it depends on you. But I think get a, get a good gaming mouse, get a good mechanical keyboard. If you play a lot of games on PC, it just, it makes, it's going to make everything more comfortable, more fun. Um, I think there was a question like 10 years ago about whether or not like gaming brand mice were important. Uh, And it's unclear if they were 10 years ago, but now they are just way, way, way better than what you would get from an office mouse. Um, And I think, I think if you're somebody who's like, I want to improve my game a little bit, maybe you play competitive games and you want to like dial in your techniques like getting a good mouse is is a good place to start it i think it'll th- i think it'll make a, an immediate difference so uh i don't know i use the Razer viper mini which is a small light mouse and um and i really really like it so
2: yeah aaron and i both use that mouse actually we dominate people in gears 2v2 shock and ranked with those mice <laughs>
0: I also recommend looking into if I don't know what kind of keyboard you're using, but getting a nice mechanical keyboard. There's kind of a mechanical keyboard renaissance going on right now where you can get really good custom mechs for like a hundred bucks where it used to be something that was like 500 bucks. And even even the sort of like pre built uh, high end ones. We're well over a hundred dollars now. For around a hundred dollars, you can get a pretty darn high-quality mechanical keyboard, and you can get it in the form factor that'll make sense for you. I would say I recommend people to consider looking at ten keyless options or sixty percent, sixty-five percent options to to see you know what works for you to give your your desk a little more space, be a little more ergonomic. Yeah, you know? that's my recommendation. Dial in oh. your setup if you if you spend a lot of time with it.
3: For sure. Orin. Uh, well, I guess I'll talk about mine next. Uh the uh um I just recently subscribed to HBO Max. Mm. So and you can watch it's the Joker. funny cuz uh I did not watch The Joker, but I watched well, I watched The Joker in the Justice League movie. Oh. Yeah. Um so it's actually funny that's the reason why I subscribed to it cause for the Justice League movie I wanted to kind of yeah, I wanted to know what the hype was about. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to subscribe, but but anyway, um, HBO Max turns out is clearly the best streaming service right now, in my opinion. The best? Oh, How about like- it's a
0: good streaming service? It does not even stream in 4K. It does not have HDR. Uh, it has very bad. Compression. Right, right,
3: but 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 slow down for a bit because they have like the best lineup of. Okay, my my biggest criticism of Netflix mm-hmm. is that they have and it's funny because quentin tarantino has like this story where i believe he was talking to the ceo of netflix and he was just like why don't you have any movies before 1980 oh yeah like like netflix has nothing before 1980 it has like one scorsese movie before 1980 but it doesn't have anything else but anyway hbo max has like seven or eight like Jean-Luc Godard movies like a bunch of like early Japanese cinema movies they have like this amazing library of early of early international cinema yeah and it's yep Ghibli too yeah they have they have everything like I'm I'm really impressed by it I actually watched like over the past week five or six movies um just because I could, because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna watch Paris, Texas by Vim Vendors because it's just on here. Mm. I'm gonna watch Jean-Luc Godard's The we- uh, Weekend because it's just on here, and I just like literally rolled credits on uh, ja- early Japanese movie called Ugetsu mm. by Kenji Mizuguchi. So it just has like all of this like stuff that you don't really see in Netflix because we live in a culture where if something came out in, before 2018 it's irrelevant. Right. Um <laughs> no. Just this hyper present tense culture, so yeah. it, it's really nice having HBO Max cuz I'm like, "Oh, there's like a lot of good movies that came out a long time ago." Like I like I I watched uh Weekend by Jean-Luc Godard, which is like this late 60s Anarchic uh, a movie that he made, and it has so much to say about uh, the apocalypse of, it, it, believe it or not. Even though I was just talking about the stock market, I am not an uber capitalist. Um, I'm actually kind of a lefty, so I am. Um, I'm a lefty, so I was. I was. I was watching Weekend by Jean-Luc Godard, which has so much to say about. Um, about uh, late capitalism and how apocalyptic it is in a way that like really resonated with me. So my my point is is don't watch present tense movies. Mm-hmm. Go back, watch some amazing international cinema from the fifties and sixties on HBO Max because you'll probably connect to it more than you think. Uh, yeah. So that's my recommendation. I think
0: I think there is a tendency for people to not want to watch movies that either came out before they were born or before they graduated high school, kind of depending on the person. And I think that that's a, it's the same thing with video games. I think that you really should go back uh, and look at this stuff because there's a lot of great movies that were made. You know, Some of the best movies were made, probably were made before you were born. Uh, How do you think that this compares to the Criterion Collection, which I think is sort of exclusively a set of um, well-regarded international cinema? most of it coming out well um
3: criterion criterion collections was probably that's probably the best streaming service honestly but um hbo max i think if you want like something like amazon prime or netflix kind of a more mainstream streaming service i think hbo max you get the best of both worlds you get the the new stuff but you also have this great collection of older stuff and like this really great library and yeah, like, kind of to your point, Aaron, um, a lot of my friends love the movie Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Like, they love Interstellar, but they've never seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. Or Solaris, like, yeah. Or, or like, Solaris by Tarkovsky. It's like, it's like Interstellar is awesome, but, like... Mm, 2001 like is so much Those two better. movies are... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know what I Interstellar's mean? Interstellar's like, all right. Like, that is... Yeah, but yeah, no, I,
0: I, I'm completely... Uh, with
3: Interstellar you. has some, like... Interstellar has some bad Christopher Nolanisms in it like that are kind of signature to his work. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, uh, but yeah, I think like, I think, I think people tend to, uh, honestly, I fall for it. Sometimes I live in the present tense too much. Like, and I, uh, o- only play or watch or read recent stuff, mm-hmm. but there's so much great stuff. Like it's kind of another thing too is, um, uh, like a lot of people has have this misconception that like movies before 1970 or 2pg mm-hmm. like they're not r enough they're not rated r enough i just watched that mizuguchi movie uh, ugetsu and it was made in 1953 and um part of what the movie is about is is just uh human suffering because uh it was made in you know post-war japan there was like a lot of suffering that especially uh, women were experiencing. And and there's, um, there's like a really sad and brutal rape scene in that movie that like totally took me off guard and made me feel terrible and complicit. And it's uh, um, like, e- even if those movies aren't R-rated, like a lot of them have R-rated subject matter mm-hmm. that's handled in a way that's...
0: They're certainly mature. Incredible. And in their themes. That,
3: that's their really world. mature. So I think... Uh, that's another misconception about old movies. Some of them are... A lot of them are way more sophisticated and mature than... Yeah, I completely than people agree. give them credit for. Yeah.
0: I, I think, like, when you think of American Hollywood films had these, like, standards board. But that wasn't true for the rest of the world. So the rest of the... You'll see much more interesting stuff going on. Uh, and it, it, there's a tendency to conflate, like, you know, tits and ass and swear words with, like, mature. <laughs> right? Like, like the cyberpunk problem. Right. Like, is cyberpunk a game for adults because it's got tits and ass everywhere? Well, not really... But um, it's it's just how
2: mature is Duke
3: Nukem 3D? Come yeah, on. yeah. Duke yeah. Nukem 3D is like
0: pretty fun,
2: though. Oh yeah, I mean that. But it's like it's a middle like, school kid game. It's like so immature. Oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. Even no, though it's I, I, like it, adult, it like
0: an adult when I was twelve playing it. But um, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's so it's just like there's so much misogyny in that game. It's been, like really incredible. <laughs> like it, it's it makes me like pretty uncomfortable. But that was the nineties. But goddamn it, 90s, the, the, yeah. the game's actually. It's fun. The game it's is fun pretty game. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a fun game. I think so. it's a
0: classic 90s game. I, I like Duke Nukem 3D. <laughs> All right. Well, check out uh, HBO Max and Criterion Collection, really. If you really want to dig in, get that fucking Criterion Collection. Yeah. Be
3: a man. Oh, wait. That was, I shouldn't say that. Be a man. That, I take that back. I mean, be, be a moviegoer. Be a, be a lover be a, of be cinema. Be a lover of cinema. Yeah. All right.
0: Kevin, yeah, speaking of yeah. lovers of cinema, what do you got for us?
2: Um. So I uh, work for a living. So nice. I'm always trying to find music to listen to because I get distracted very easily if I'm not listening to music. Um, some of my coworkers like want to just like hang out and group chat or something. And I'm like, no, I just want to listen to music and like do work because mm. that's how I function mm-hmm. the best. So I'm always looking for new music to, to listen to. And um, I listen to Primus a lot. It's a like weird, funky 90s alternative metal band. And in the periphery of them is this guy, Tom Waits, who's like... A bluesy jazz singer from the 70s Um, but recently not that recently more recently he released just a bunch of really weird experimental music which I've been listening to um, and the album I'm listening to is called uh, bad is me and one of the songs is like I think a poem or writings of a war veteran and it's just like the most depressing story because it's just like everything is broken like he went to war and like got completely like just ruined like it just like his his mom died, like he lost a limb, he's blind. You know, he comes home when he's like broken, has no money, and can't work or do anything basically. And it's just like, what What do I do now? What's next? And this and it's it's uh the song has some really cool like rhythmic weird stuff going on, which I really like as a drummer. So uh, yeah, check out Tom Waits. He's a weird guy. And also, I watched an interview with Tom Waits uh, from like the I want to say it's the '70s, and he's straight up the Joker. Like um, obviously, they ripped him off. For in uh, when I say the Joker, I'm talking about the Christopher Nolan Joker by uh, Heath Ledger. Watch the Tom White's interview for, in a, to, Tom White's Australia, and like you will hear, he has that Joker voice completely. Like he has like the same intonation, the same rhythmic timing. I think Heath Ledger was emulating him <laughs> for that character. That's cool.
3: So, that that's kind of like uh, Johnny Depp emulating Keith Richards for the Pirates movies. Mm, I don't know if you ever caught on to that. I didn't
2: know but, that, but yeah. that I could see that. Yeah. Which is
3: kind of funny because um, in the third movie, they make Keith Richards uh, Johnny Depp's uncle. So it's pretty funny. Cause but who, it, cause, cause who's like, more Keith oh, Richards now?
2: In the, in in the, do, they, do they interact or no? Yeah, like, they have like one
3: scene together. It's who's really more funny. Keith Richards?
2: Is it like Johnny Depp's version of him or is he himself more Keith Richards than Johnny Depp?
3: I don't they they're just both very Keith Richards it's very hard to discern to yeah. but but isn't that funny how like sometimes like these there's these amazing iconic performances but they're just like emulating famous pop culture figures mm. like like Keith Richards like like Heath Ledger I think also pulled from like uh Sid Vicious you know mm. it's like mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of it's, it's kind of neat yeah um so that's cool. But um, also, a fun thing about Tom Waits, I was thinking about watching Down by Law by Jim Jarmusch, which has Tom Waits as a lead actor in it. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll watch that. It's also on HBO Max. He is has,
2: he has a character, for sure. Yeah. He's
3: yeah. Such a, maybe he's like the Joker in it. I don't know.
2: <laughs> he has such a low voice mm-hmm. now, Like it's like very low. Like on the album, then sometimes he sounds like Cookie Monster. Like he's so low when he sings. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he could be the next singer for Cannibal Corpse, is what you're saying.
2: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's pretty right. like heavy sometimes, so it's cool. Cool. All right.
3: There's also this scene. There's also this scene of Tom Waits in uh, this uh, Jim Jarmusch movie called Coffee and Cigarettes, where he's like hanging out with Iggy Pop, and it's just like a scene of the two of them just catching up. And I thought it was cool seeing those two figures in a movie scene together. It was pretty neat. But anyway, Tom waits.
0: What was the name of the album again? Say what? What was the name of the album that you
2: said? Uh, Bad as me.
0: Bad as me. Tom waits. Check it out. All right. Uh, While we were uh, away, resident evil turned 25, we put out a spoiler cast on the resident evil remake. Check it out. It's in the feed and we'll be back in two weeks, I guess. Uh, That's all I got for you today. Madden, we love you and uh, adios.